Good morning and a happy hump day to you folks. And today, as we are on the tip of the hump of the week and we're on our way down, let's be grateful for challenges today. Now, as strange as that might sound, challenges have a way to push you and push us to become better as people, as individuals. It helps hone our skills. So be grateful for the challenges you face, knowing that they will force you to become better and prepare for the future. All right, now let's get this humpity hump day started, folks. It's time to play hard, work hard. Now, let's play hard. Crude Life Morning Show. Play hard, work hard. My name is Jason Spees. That is Sterling. And boy, we've got a fabulous... Is it Wednesday today already? Is it really? Is it still Wednesday? Or it's just it? these weeks and days and, and months Days and now. weeks and We're months in a new month days now. And, oh, geez. That's I know. Right. I, you know, right. I had that... Uh, Can you believe we're already halfway through the year? We're almost to the longest day of the year. The summer equinox. It's usually the 21st. Equinox. What Age happens? Of Aquarius. Yeah, I, I don't know. I was going to start singing Jethro the Tull. The earth opens up, and all of a sudden, the rapture happens. Yeah. Isn't what? there like a 40-foot lizard creature with a head for a volcano? And your faces melt off, yeah. and the new beginning begins. <laughs> yes, so we all come back. I'm ready. Everyone, hail Zorp. All right, welcome to the Recruit Life Morning Show. Play hard, work hard. My name is Jason Spies. That is Sterling. We are both extremely tired. Not only are we burning the candle on all the ends, mine is a third win, a fourth wick, by the way, on the side. Oh, you got multi-candle. But since, since you know, the nice weather has hit up here in the Dakotas, I'm out at the lake every day. Oh, yeah. And, and I'm bringing Frackleberry Hound out there, and so I, by... Oh, you got a private little resort out there, man. A little secret. Highway. Right, if that sand company ever sees me... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking one day you're going to take a nap there. They're going to accidentally backfill six tons of dirt on top of you. <laughs> it was a good run. It was a good run. I yeah, nice of, way to go, man. I couldn't think of a better way to go. Yeah. Sure beats what I almost went through before. So, <laughs> oh boy. I just have, uh, you know, it. it's starting to show on uh, with some of these people. And I've, I hear it around town, you know, either people who maybe got a little bit of uh, – stimulus help of course people who didn't get any help at all like like the crude life and others where it's just you you start to feel it now yeah because the other people are now now ready to work now they're ready to dust Mm -hmm. off the old shoes and get back to work now and and we're all like oh man well we haven't stopped where's my spare tank man yeah I, I'm hoping for a quick little vacay, and you guys are taking your new boats out. I was going to say, the closest thing to a vacation you're going to have this summer is driving to different states to go to events. Speaking of which, we should probably talk about that real quick. Yeah, because that's coming up. Because this is kind of how we got to roll this week, where I just got to kind of plan as I go. Well, new things, new things. We might have a new event added here. That's right. I haven't decided if I'm going to leave the minute this show is done. <laughs> well, I'm half packed. <sighs> so if I pack the rest of the car, I, and I, 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 okay, so tomorrow, Thursday, I got to go to Bismarck. Right. There's that live and local recording session we're doing with the 
EPA Administrator Michael Regan. Well, today, and uh, about two o'clock this afternoon. So if I, you know, if I leave here before eleven, mm-hmm. I'll get out there. The C- I bl- Okay, let me pull it up here because oh, yeah, two hour drive or so. Two and a half. Okay. Uh, let's see, what we got here. It's no, got to no. be one of the most boring stretches of road no. outside of Kansas. No selfie moment with the EPA director. No. I actually wrote did that. You? Yeah, I did. I wrote, good evening, Senator Kramer. Who, who would I speak to about getting clearance for a selfie moment? That's what I wrote. I put selfie moment. Selfie moment. quotes. Well, that's what I've been talking to a social media person that's what they say get some selfies I say listen pal I I grew up with journalism you had ethics and you had a little bit of manners you don't go get a selfie with the person you interview no not usually well now that's the norm yeah you do that instead of the interview yeah that well because that's going to LinkedIn and Instagram that's the important stuff so is the interview but no one's listening he's listening or reading that stuff it's just well it's kind of like when you put up an interview that's a half hour long and 10 minutes later 40 people like it really yeah <laughs> not one of you listen to it but y'all y'all love I listen it, to it five times the speed so i get the alvin and the chipmunks version you're like a speed reader <laughs> yeah, but a speed, yeah, listener? speed listener okay that's good <laughs> well it does happen right all right so here we are hang on here let me see what we got here i gotta pull up the email from the governor here i pulled one up from the senator first oh here's my <laughs> Here's my uh, rejection from Senator Ted Cruz. Aw. Yeah, well, we invited, we invited him to join us at the uh, Shale Expo in, in Midland. He, was he going to be down in a Mexican resort instead? Uh, uh, no, I fair, he's going to be in Austin. He's going to be in Austin. <laughs> well, that's what they say anyways. I'm surprised he owns up to being in Austin. Isn't that kind of like a blue bastion well no the there's session there's still some stuff going on okay. there's still meetings and a doings and a happening doings and a happening come on yeah. teddy bear i, I don't know if they actually do they call it a legislative session down there or do they just call it a get together hoedown a hoedown <laughs> it's it's a quarry it's a quarry <laughs> and you meet at the quarry quarry okay where is mike nowatsky okay here we go mike nowatsky he is the uh Former newspaper reporter, I believe the award-winning newspaper reporter. If not, he should have been. I mean, for a long time. We think With the uh, Forum Communications. And then he went and joined the Burgum campaign after the election. Yeah, really? He covered him. And like, then he joined traveled him. the state and covered him. Then he got hired. <laughs> <laughs> we believe after the election. That's probably it. Is when he accepted it, okay. we believe. But, yeah. hey, there are some... We should start to check his coverage, you know? There are some of us that wonder, hmm, right around Beulah, he must have said yeah. yes. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but uh, Governor Doug Burgum and Lieutenant Governor Brent Sanford will join officials from Bakken Energy LLC, which I believe they used to be called Bakken Midstream, and Mitsubishi Power. Mitsubishi, Ooh. huh? The CEO. What are, we what are we getting? Well, we're going to get the CEO of Bakken Energy called Mike Hopkins. Okay. Okay. And then Mitsubishi Power America's president and CEO, Paul Browning. So we're going to get something called Mike Hopkins and something. Paul Browning. <laughs> People. Presumably. A couple of pretty important heavy hitters, really. Oh, and looks like we're going to get uh, Bakken Energy founder chairman Stephen Liebrow. 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 Probably Liebrow. So Lebrow. is, is it the? Is well, this, Canadian. Is it? <laughs> so it could be Labatt. Labatt. Yeah. 
But there's no umblot. Wouldn't that be co- from Quebec? And there's no R. I don't know. <laughs> so so like, this is the listening session you get to go to? No, Sounds this like a is a press session, conference. man. No, this is a press conference here. Okay. This would be one where I can ask questions and they can answer them if they like. If they like. <laughs> that's, that's a press conference. I've always wanted to do an interview where I do not answer the questions that I'm asked, but then James Franco, I believe, ended up doing it. But I wanted to do an interview where... You know, how are you doing today? And then just start being like, you know, when I had a banana when I was four, you know, just start answering <laughs> right. just random questions, random questions, yeah. or random answers, you know, yeah. and uh, see how that goes. But thought about doing that at a press conference too. just start asking questions Ask like me. puppies or kittens, which is cuter boxers or briefs. Yeah, yeah, right. It's a two part question. <laughs> <laughs> and they'd be like, what, uh, what was the second part? I don't think so. Just start being that guy at the press conference. Never get invited back. So I was just going to say the last press conference you're going to, huh? Well, that's why we don't do it. Okay, so we got a no from Senator Cruz. Okay, who else did I was saw? Was it a friendly hang on, no? Hang on here. Okay, see what else we got here. Was it at least oh, a nice no? Well, look at this. What do we got? We got a maybe. A who? Um, from who? <laughs> Congresswoman Lizzie Fletcher. Lizzie Fletcher. Do you know who she is? I do. She's from Texas. Yes. She's a Democrat. Yep. So we put a uh, press release out to, I'm sorry, a, a request out to her office because we got an, hang on here, we got a release and we got a little phone conversation, a little Zoom from Congressman Kelly Armstrong, who with Congresswoman Lizzie Fletcher, they introduced a brand new bill called the Regrow Act of 2021. Revive economic growth and reclaim orphan wells. Regrow. Because we're all in acronyms, remember. A bipartisan bill to clean up orphan wells and provide thousands of jobs in the oil and gas industry. Wait, they're going to clean up orphan wells? They're going to bathe him? And bathe him? Talcum powder him? <laughs> give him some nice get, frankincense? Get in those folds, too, because he got a little bubbly towards the he end did, there. He did. He got... <laughs> 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 filled out nicely, didn't he? He did. <laughs> North Dakota has been at the forefront of responsibly developing our oil and gas resources and excels at reclaiming orphan wells, said Congressman Armstrong. With more than 50,000 abandoned oil and gas wells in the United States, cleaning them up is not only the right thing to do, but it will create and retain tens of thousands of jobs for workers in the oil and gas sector. And I'm grateful with Congressman Fletcher in this bipartisan effort. Now, Congresswoman Fletcher says orphan wells can harm our environment and create public health risks for neighboring communities. I'm glad to be, I'm glad to partner with Congressman Armstrong and introduce bipartisan legislation that will address these problems. The Regrow Act will not only help protect our environment, but will also create jobs for oil field workers in Texas and across our country, which is especially important right now after the downturn which brought in by COVID-19. All right, now, <clears throat> I do want to come back to this, but did you listen? I don't know if you listened to yesterday's show or not, but... Of course. I mean... At the sure. tail end, you know, we do the uh, radio interview for the podcast. Yeah. So it's a three-and-a-half-minute 
radio update that we do that we just happen to throw radio for the podcast and podcast well it's, it's done yeah. so i might as well throw it in the yeah. podcast right yeah. i just throw it on the tail end i'll be honest sure i don't listen to it half the time okay <laughs> but i figure hey it's done i'll throw it on there it's a new voice it's another person you can tag another tag avenue social media it yep. looks like you know we got this big deep dive show right which we do of course You'd be surprised at what's going on right now. You'd be surprised at. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm. Frankly, I'm not surprised by much anymore. When I listen to this, this is coming from Congressman Fletcher, mm-hmm. a, a Democrat here. Okay, so I'm going to use the Democrat to get into the Republicans because I'm an equal opportunity offender. The Regrow Act will not only help protect our environment, help create jobs for oil field workers, especially important after the downturn brought on by COVID-19. Mm-hmm. The downturn was brought on before COVID-19. Lynn Helms yesterday on the podcast mm-hmm. for the radio said the exact same thing. All these politicians are really trying to do propaganda right now they are trying to the the downturn for oil and gas started before covid okay whiting laid off a third of their staff july before covid that's right chesapeake did in october there was another one in august yeah you had three major players middle medium just right small (laughs) medium what's the what's the three three bears yeah Yeah, you're right this is too hot too cold just right just right there was an oil company of all sizes yeah okay that laid off a substantial amount of workers that went in BK. We're, that was not COVID-related. It's hard for me to remember that far that back. That is why it's propaganda that's, that's going on right yeah. now, and it's your elected officials doing it. Go listen. Go listen to the interview with Lynn right. Helms that Jenica did. Holy crap. It doesn't that be- is pure propaganda, and he starts by saying it. He's in charge of the regulation and mm-hmm. the promotion. Well, You can say whatever you want, man. It's a free country. So I was just like blown away going, oh, this is like I'm listening to the formation of propaganda right before my ears. Well, it is something special to be there at the birth of something. It is. You know, you feel kind of like you, you bond a little bit, you know. So I would go take a listen Imprint. to it because if I, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm feeling like I just got to pl- lay out the body of work over the last 10 years to say, if I'm wrong, I'll eat my hat. Mm-hmm. I'll let you pick a hat and, and eat it. I he mean, does have some nice hats. I too. mean, I don't care. Yeah, I'd go I, with a hard hat. I'm getting to the point where I'm so tired, I don't care. I just don't. Yeah. I mean, I'm just tired of being, you know. Like I said, I almost feel like th- this last go around with the with when they gave all the money to the same people that they always give it to. Mm-hmm. I knew the game was rigged. I always knew it was okay, and I started living my life okay mm-hmm. because I knew it was rigged. Well, then they said, no, 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 Jason. It's not. The casino's not rigged this time. Come right. on in. Yeah. Well, that's like Lucy it's with not, the football, man. It's not. Yeah. It's the yeah, same it's thing. Lucy, Lucy, with Lucy the football. And, and Charlie Brown. Yeah. And the, this time, you, I, there's a signed document. I won't screw you over. But this time, here's the thing. I was stupid enough to go into the casino. And not only did I not win. <laughs> they gave the money to the same people they gave before. But now there's a security guard and he won't let me leave. Yeah. 
Now they're keeping me in the casino so they can keep taking money from me and give it to their rich friends. It's almost like they removed the doors. And, you hear right, right. It's just windows and I, well, glass. I, I haven't gotten right. by the security guy yet. You, you must have snuck by, huh? And so you're like, well, where'd the doors go? Oh, the doors? I never left or even tried it's, to it's leave. It's like the man. Matrix is yeah. now a brick I'm just wall behind the bathroom there. right now. <laughs> so yeah. I, Anyway, that uh, that interview is available at the Crude Life, but also yesterday's news story with the Regrow Act. Also, Senator Kramer and Ray Lujan, Lujan, Ben Ray Lujan uh, from New Mexico. Senators Ben Ray Lujan, right? L U J A N. I know their governor's got a similar last name and pronunciation. That's where I was going because I'm reading this kind of kind of as I go, and I apologize for that for anybody who's... That's the kind of honest prep work you get from the crude life. Right. Honest prep work. There we go. That's a good way to... You can't joke about anything anymore. All right. Before we get to the next segment of the news, Mm -hmm. I I did want to run down a couple things. So I I don't know if I'm going to do this uh, uh, Mitsubishi CEO, chairman of the board, Bakken Energy deal, and then spend the night, and then do the EPA listening session, and then head down to Oklahoma City. And then go right from there to Oklahoma? I'm looking over at Frackleberry right now, and she's unconscious. I don't think you're going anywhere. I'm going to deal with that, too. Uh, And so I'm not too sure what day I'm going to leave yet, but we're going to make our way down and do the cross-promotional podcast. i got to get that up and uh, running, too. We're doing some uh, things with Matt Hill and Ken Lavin, the – those yahoos down there in Oklahoma, fossil fuel Fridays and talking energy, talking energy show, I think is what it is. I, I, they got a logo now, so apparently that name stuck. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, this is a true story. Okay. Uh-oh. So 2015, during the downturn, yeah, I was writing about six different magazines, and one of them, one of them you could tell was going under, right? Because... The publisher was like doing like me, doing everything. Just yeah, all of it. Yeah. Yeah. So I got one of my one of my magazines and where my headline was, it says insert headline here. <laughs> because that's that's the way I submitted. So he just copied and pasted my text right in. Didn't update because I forgot to update the Man, headline. You got it. You almost have to respect that level of apathy. You know you that do. professional apathy. Well, because when you know that what's going on, like mm. oh, he's just he's going every which way, but Lewis just trying to get it out there. Yeah. Well, publishing's a lot of yeah, work, man. That's a lot of work. I mean, a lot of moving parts. And then when you start thinking about, okay, I was talking about this yesterday with a guy. He called me and he was complaining about his podcast that nobody's listening to and all all the work he's putting into and all this stuff like that. It's not a, if you build it, they will come. No, no. In fact, they they won't come and they'll tell everybody not to come too. Yeah, they'll, they'll tell everybody to stay away. But we were, I was laughing because I go, oh, so you just thought you could do two full-time jobs. (laughs) And he goes, well, it almost is. I go, well, no, it is. It's definitely. I go, you got to understand. I go, every radio show that I've been a part of, and keep in mind, I am an award-winning executive producer two out of three years nationally, so Woo! I do know what I'm talking about. I go, yeah, every radio station I've ever either volunteered at mm-hmm. or been employed at, every show has got a minimum of two people. 
And I'm not even talking about sales and traffic and admin. No, I'm just talking about the guy who does the producing Mm -hmm. and the guy who does the hosting. Because that's generally two different sets of brains. Well, you know, and something I've noticed is a lot of people that might be, uh, you know, jumping on because they like to do a podcast or something have never actually worked with editing files afterwards. No. You know, and, and, and you think, oh, yeah, it's going to take five or ten minutes, and it's four hours later, and you've heard the same line from your interview 60 times because you're trying to find the right spot to it's, cut. It's so funny because people ask me, um, well, then I, we kind of go in a little bit more, and, and I said, well, I went through this with the blogging revolution that I actually got offended for a while because I was a writer, and <laughs> people would call me a blogger. Yeah. And 19 out of 20 blogs are ghosted. They're done after three because... I, I used to say, oh, so you're just going to be a writer. Okay. You know what they called blogs when I first started getting on the internet? No. Diaries. Oh, okay. They diaries. called it an online diary. Yeah, it's the right. same yeah. damn thing. It was the exact same tool set. It was just called a diary. But there are some bloggers. and You know, Tom Shepstone, I always forget, he's a blogger. Mm-hmm. Like, Tom Shepstone is a consultant who has such a successful blog, it's considered a news source. Okay. Yeah, and there was this guy... Terry Edom, who we interviewed with yeah. the, uh, uh, Public Energy Now, and the, he happens to be a writer for the BOE Report, so he is a reporter, but he's also an author of a book, right? Yeah. But essentially, where he gets his daily creative fix is his blog, you know? And so it's become like an editorial page for a lot of people. <clears throat> well, and I used to say to people that a columnist who writes three to four times a week, that's a full-time job. Yes. Like... For a newspaper, that was actually the guy's full-time job. And when you think about it, yeah, it wasn't much, but that guy had to be so talented. Mm-hmm. He had to know how to put together and frame words so well that in 2,000 words or less, he can invoke and provoke a reaction out of you. Yeah. That's talent. Absolutely. Okay? And yeah. you're just going to go do that? What? Well, whenever you want, that's another, that's another facet yeah. that a lot of people don't think about is, is that, uh, there's a creativity that's involved in every step of this, right? From what you want to do your show about to what you're going to say or what you're going to write. And sometimes that is not just a switch that you can flip, right? No. You, you don't just sit down sometimes and be like, I'm going to write 2000 words that are friggin' diamonds, you know? So, you know, you go through those periods where you have to get the work done, but you're not feeling that creative spark. I've got interviews from the Williston Basin Conference. I still have to go back and redo the recap of what yeah. was said because I didn't take good enough notes. I don't want to listen to this thing for the fifth time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you know, you mentioned the um, the editing and all that other stuff. I laugh because people would be like, you know, um, this guy was asking me about edits and a few other things. I said, listen, man. I go, the reason that I don't edit, and I'll be honest is because I edit when it goes on the radio. He's mm-hmm. like, what do you mean? I said, well, my stuff goes on the radio, remember. I go, so the radio needs it at three minutes and 30 seconds. Yeah, there is no They need wiggle. it at 12 minutes. Yeah. They don't, not 12.01, yeah. not 12.05. No F-bombs, right. I mean, all that stuff. I go, there's certain yeah. things. I go, so the way I do it is like my file will be 12 minutes and eight seconds. So as I'm listening, I know to take out eight seconds of ums and swear words and this and that. And, and so it does become work. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Um, I, I was chuckling because I was trying to dump off this daily news thing to Jenica. Ha. Um, and I say dump off because, I, I, hey, man, I lost my smile a year ago on this thing because 
it takes an hour to do three and a half minutes sometimes. Yeah. And it's not that it's difficult. It's knowing that the end result of three and a half minutes might take me an hour. Well, that's why studios are typically populated <laughs> with people that do multi-different tasks. And, you know, this is all just a long roundabout way for us to say that we are the crude life. So when you hear rattling and you hear wires and you hear us looking stuff it. on the internet, man, <laughs> this is live and in the moment. <laughs> They're going to be like, is that a skit? Or are they really getting murdered on the air? Like, what's going on here? Well, that neighbor, he's on day four trying to put together that. That trampoline, so it ain't gonna happen, pal. I don't know. We'll I've, I've gone down that road, and my neighbors stood and laughed at me. Oh man! So anyway, we got the Shale Energy Conference coming up. Apparently, Ted Cruz said no, which is fine. He has, and he has an excuse, but he did communicate with us. Uh, potentially, Lizzie Fletcher. Okay. I don't know if she's gonna join us or by phone, but there's it's some possibility I was just reading there. about some information about her i'd like to talk to her sounds interesting well i'll let you know when we get the interview yeah. and if you're around you can certainly jump on board and be a part of it and let's see what else do she's we got my here age. well i'm getting a new phone by the way oh yeah yeah i'm just charging it up so flip phone having a new phone nope i'm actually getting a new identity blackberry see that Ooh. see what year that is hang on Look at that, huh? Wow, look at that. You know what year that is? I do not. This is in a brand new iPhone 6. Woo! So I think you and I are both about six generations behind the current one. It's a brand new, out-of-the-box yeah. iPhone 6 with a couple letters after it. Nice. Okay. Yeah, the S, the E, the... Yeah. And this is my third smartphone, okay? okay? And I just... Got rid of the flip phone about two years ago. In fact, I'm going to find the story and talk about the flip phone. The flip phone. Before we go to break, I, I wanted to talk about this because this is important for a couple of reasons. Okay. Number one, cell phones are the number one polluter on the planet. Okay. So one of the best ways that you can be environmentally ESG certified potatoes of inclusion, baby, <laughs> is to not get a new cell phone every year. Yeah. Because of the rare earth minerals the mining, the manufacturing, everything that goes into the cell. And then the recycling. Mm -hmm. We don't even know how to recycle these things That's yet. why I have four or five dead phones from my family sitting in a drawer. Mine are, for legal reasons, text messages. In case, in case the ex comes back to bite me right. or another ex comes back to bite me. <sighs> I hang on to those phones. It's the X drawer. For just for the legal X drawer. We'll just plug it in. Let's just download those suckers and be good. But at the same time, I look at it and I'm going, well, this is my, my history, my handheld computer known as a phone. Yeah. But the flip phone, it trained me how to behave when it comes to smartphones. And what, what I mean by that is to be humble. I, I had the flip phone, but I had no graphics. Yeah, me too. So it was getting now. It, the last year I had the flip phone, about 50% of my messages I couldn't even open up. There's their pictures and graphics. Just anything. Yeah. Just actually an emoji. Yeah. Somebody would send me an emoji. Break your phone. The whole phone. The whole message was gone. So And, I'm, and I just started putting myself on those dating apps. Mm -hmm. So I started to go, how many sexed pictures am I mixing? How, <laughs> how many pictures and bras? Now and naked? I understand yeah. why you upgraded. So I upgraded okay. immediately. Okay. <laughs> you think I'm an idiot? Yeah, that's why I did it. So uh, the main part, though, what I got from it is, you know, I used to have an iPad mini. 
So it was, uh, you know, about somewhere, the size of a phone now. Yeah, it yeah. was be a little bit bigger than a phone, small, yeah. smaller than an iPad, right? Yeah. And I really did like that a lot, actually. And I carried that around, and that was kind of my smartphone. Okay. But I needed Wi-Fi. Because I needed Wi-Fi, I couldn't just instantly pull up an app. I right. couldn't just instantly check my email. That extra step did so much that took away from the impulse buy of the Snickers while standing in line in the grocery store. Sure. That, you had to think about it. That now that when I have my phone, it, I, I'm actually kind of trained not to instantly go there. Like my yeah. first thought is I got to go find Wi-Fi. I'm still not untrained from that yet. And that's mm-hmm. kind of cool. I like that because, you know, I'm sure you've been talking to somebody and they'll just start start surfing their phone. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, you're done with me now? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Music heard on the Crude Life Morning Show, Play Hard, Work Hard, is by the Moody River Band. Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com. The Crude Life. Play hard, work hard. It's sponsored in part by Orange Property Management. The origins of Orange Property Management date back to the year 2000 when Fargo native Mike Marcel, an entrepreneur who was living in California, was starting to acquire residential properties in the Bay Area as a little side venture. Fast forward to today, Orange Property Management has grown to 36 full-time employees across 13 communities with a portfolio of over 1,300 residential and commercial units ranging from single-family homes to multi-family apartment elements. For more information, visit their website, orangeproperties.com. That's orangeproperties.com. The Crude Life, play hard, work hard, is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in western North Dakota, home of the Bakken. Our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker. Trust First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. Play hard, work hard. 
Now, let's play hard. No, I'm telling you, the more and more I think about it, I do think that COVID might have saved the energy and the oil and gas industry instead of being the problem. Because this is a totally new angle. No, it is, but you're right. Folks, we were just kind of arguing here between the commercial breaks about whether we were actually nuts or not talking about some of this pre-COVID and uh, the, the uh, uh, Chesapeake laying off people, Whiting laying off people happened in 2019. Well, now all the you know all the public officials and the people who get paid to oversee the industry are are okay. Well, the problem started in 2019. COVID saved the industry because a lot of these in North Dakota they gave millions of dollars to oil and gas companies that told the state they were going to go bankrupt. Really, really, you were going to go bankrupt. Mm-hmm. Big old oil company going to go bankrupt? No. What was going to happen is a bunch of middle managers were going to get laid off at six figures. So you and I, companies like you and I, we didn't get our COVID money, but somebody making six, seven figures in Texas did. Yeah, exactly. Think about that. Oh, I heard that all weekend. Oh, man. People in Fargo are pissed. So when you think about it, there's actually an argument that COVID saved a lot of those companies. I'd be really curious to see. I don't know how you'd even break that down, but I bet you're right. Do you know what I'm? Do you, yeah, no. I am bet I you, crazy well, for saying no, this? Especially in oil and gas, with some of the smaller operators, is well, they, they might have been getting ready to go under anyway. That's I mean, what, a lot did. But that's what that's what Lynn Helms said did. in that interview with Jenica was that they bailed out a bunch of companies. And that article that came from that climate news mm-hmm. site too is that they they actually listed names and numbers and stuff. Yeah. Well, when you started looking at, you know, oil and gas companies that their CEOs are billionaires. Mm-hmm. Really? They need a bailout? Well, I had to go into my savings. You had to go into your savings. Yeah. yeah. And you got CEOs walking around with suits that that are worth more than my annual salary. Exactly. And we're, and we're dicking around with $300 extra in unemployment for people. I'm I mean, telling you, COVID saved the industry now that I'm thinking about it. It's an interesting angle, man. I think, you know what? I think we should, we should reach out to people with that question. I'm going to. Because I'm trying I'd, I'd to process curious. this in the moment. I mean, it's easy to dismiss it. Like when you first said it, I was like, blew that, you know, it was raspberries. But then I started to think about how that money was used to probably prop up some companies that were going under it. Well, when I started hearing about this, you know, we we're saving jobs because um, these these wells would have been abandoned. Mm. That's not true. Bull crap. Well, I, there's abandoned I, wells all the time. I call bollocks on that. Bollocks. And if they would have abandoned, well, then guess what? I, w- I want to see the name of the landowner yeah. and why you only put a five to $10,000 bond down. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah, really. What is what is $5,000 worth of insurance right. get you so when you, it comes you to see, capital You see well. what happened here? Yeah. Is that they're freaking out. Because all of a sudden now, the landowner who, for some reason, mm-hmm. whoever that landowner is, it's only $10,000 deposit on that well. Someone else, 150000 yeah. So who's the company that only had to pay ten, and who's the landowner? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Do you see the levels of just manipulation and, and hiddenness that needs to be? That's why they're scared shitless about ESG in North Dakota. Because if that transparency stuff comes out, yeah. 
they're going to see this type of stuff. So there is no way these oil companies would have let the, they would have, they would have not just walked away from those wells. They've got legal responsibilities, but the middle managers mm-hmm. who get paid to ignore people, that's who would have got laid off. Well, and we remember we were talking a couple weeks ago about some landowners here that were wondering, you're like, okay, I haven't gotten paid. And, You've abandoned the well. Oh, the mineral owners are right just and sharpening so, their pitchforks. Oh man, oh. yeah. So that that that's a real eye opener because I bet if you were to be able to look under the hood and find out who did get the money, right, and which landowners are still being paid, I bet you'd see some interesting connections there. Might see a whole new protest out of North Dakota that's not Standing Rock, folks. <laughs> who knows what's happening? Oh, you mean we might be known for something oh, else? Oh, huh? these war drums in Fargo, they're interesting that's going on, and people are not happy right now with the state capital and the direction that uh, they're going with the oil and gas industry. I can tell you that, folks. Let's go to news. News. What do we got? Well, we, uh, you know, more along the good news here. <laughs> Talking about natural gas. This is from the Wall Street Journal. Battle brews over banning natural gas to homes. Now, this is something that we've been talking about, what, for a couple of months. Well, because every single... Su- was this from Sunday? Uh, it seems like a Sunday. Sure. Well, the Wall Street Journal, I've noticed since we've been... Looks like it was doing- Sunday. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah, because the Sunday, you get a little more of shelf life, mm-hmm. you know? Um, no, it's nice to have something juicy to read in the morning. Well, that's how they look at it, is you have more time. Mm-hmm. You have more time. And yeah. so they give you something with layers. It's a deep dive. And, and in the magazine industry, that was our norm because we didn't have a daily distribution. Yeah. So we had monthly or in some cases weekly. Right, you had weekly. to hit a home run every time. Right. So you had to actually have what's known as layers of, of journalism. Newspapers and Wall Street journals and that sort of... They do that on Sunday. That's why CBS 60 Minutes and the morning news shows that Tim Russert used to run and that sort of thing. I I don't know who it is now. Probably Anderson Cooper. Probably. But um, the Wall Street Journal has been interesting because they've been coming at Mm -hmm. oil and gas for the last two months, I've noticed. Like, hardcore. Like, these types of stories that plant the seed of a question... And that seed is usually the oil and gas industries automatically on the defense out of the gate. It's interesting to watch how, you know, you, so you, you get places like... That's called a narrative. Go ahead. Cities like San Francisco, Seattle, Denver, New York have either enacted or proposed measures to ban... Pinkle commie towns. Or discourage the use <laughs> of fossil fuel in new home and buildings two years after Berkeley, California, passed the first such prohibition in 2019. The bans in turn have led Arizona, Texas, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Kansas, and Louisiana to enact laws outlawing such municipal prohibitions in their states. Maybe we should find out what they use asbestos for. Okay, because I've always heard they still use asbestos in brake pads. Okay? I think they phased that out. They but, did. But I. But yeah. For, up, up until like five I, years ago, I, right? Yeah, as I, I'd have to look for certain, but we banned asbestos products in the 70s, the so, mid to late 70s. When I was a kid, one of my neighbors had asbestos in their basement. It's good stuff. And it was like an episode of Breaking Bad in the final season. They, it was a ha- They hazmatted the house. Yeah, like E.T. E.T. Yeah. Exactly. It looked like E.T. was in there. Well, then I, when I sold real estate for, you know, three, four years in the 2000s, if they had asbestos, it was like some guy came with a COVID mask on. Yeah, he just took care of it a weekend type thing. <laughs> but it, the, the 
the the fear transition is what I'm talking about. It's yeah. like back in the early '80s and late '70s, it was like hazmat central okay it was over the blown uh hubcaps on the car right. we have to go over the top with the showcase of this well, it almost seems like that's where we're going with a lot of this well yeah too and i mean as you know natural gas is that's our that's our our bread and butter i mean well, we have i got a whole different issue on the natural gas and here's my issue okay every single state that is doing this with natural gas, they had better be prepared for a class action lawsuit from the people of the United States who just got forced to put gas furnaces, gas stoves, and gas generators in, Mm -hmm. either by manipulation through subsidies or, in some some cases, flat-out forced you. Some communities flat out forced you. Yeah. Like, okay, you're building a new home. Oh, you can either have gas or gas. It's kind of like when Henry Ford bought, put out a new car. Yeah. Any color you want. As long as it's black. As long as it's black, <laughs> which is the absence of color. Yep. See how that manipulation works all the time. That's good showmanship. You know, we live up here. I mean, obviously, in Minnesota, I North I meant the Dakota, color black because well, we call it a sure. color, and it's right. not. It's an absence, it's an absence, of, absence color. of color. Okay, go yeah. on. But we live, we live in a sea of natural gas up here. I mean, literally, I'd say 90 to 95% of the houses that I work in as smells part of like, my job. Smells like rotten eggs and no, sulfur no, they're everywhere. Ga- no, they're I'm gas appliances. I mean, from, no, they the, are. from yeah. the stove to the furnace to a lot of times the dryer. Uh, so well, even a lot of electric, though, is still gas. Well, yeah. I mean, it you, comes the, in. The natural gas produces the electricity, That's what I'm which saying. then comes to the house. But it's still natural gas. It sounds like in San Francisco, at least, what they're trying to do is to take it out of, so, to put the natural gas at the beginning of the process as opposed to the end point, the home. Right. So they're still obviously allowing natural gas to be part of the electric electricity production. Yeah, they want a bigger hub. They cap. just yeah, but they, they want, want a bigger hub. They cap. want electric only going into the house. This is this is the levels of discrimination that are so beyond the average person that they're just flat out doing it. Well, it I mean, comes they're, down to a choice, they're, right? they're actually talking about how to hide it. Yeah. To the end user. Yeah. That that is a discriminatory supply chain line because you're still using it. It's like it's like when Terry Edom pointed out from Canada, Terry Edom, the author of The End of the Fossil Fuel Insanity, he's up in Calgary. Mm-hmm. He's a great, great interview. And we talked about him in the last segment. Public Energy number one is his blog and he's a writer. That was a great band in the nineties. He's a writer. Or for public the, Enemy, that's yeah, right. that's Sorry. where he got Sorry. it from. Public yeah, that's awesome. But he points out all the time that in British Columbia, hippie land, USA, green, everything's pristine, right. emerald forest, right? That they're still pumping coal out because 70 miles away is a big old ship that goes to Russia. Mm-hmm. Because the supply chain is only 70 miles, the literal supply chain is only 70 miles. Wow. Well, Canada will allow that. Yeah, they'll export that. Yeah, because what is it? What do you got a couple Eskimos that see it and that's well, it? Well, and that, you know, that again, that gets back to sort of the general absurdity of what I'm sorry, that was that was Eskimos are more north. Couple Canucks. Canucks. Well, Vancouver, yeah. it was their hockey team. Yeah. I'm sure there's indigenous people there is that, too. Is that uh, is is that a uh, my Canadian um, geography? Bigot, is, is that bigotry? Am I doing am I doing bigotry I, by saying the word Eskimo and then trying to correct it with the word Canuck? No, I think that was more racist if you wanted to say, but I don't think so. See, and I didn't, I didn't want to offend 
minorities right. <laughs> by saying racist. So I changed it to bigotry. To bigotry. I figured that was my better blanket. My that, that was the better of two evils there. Right. Be you know? bigot. Now, hey. bigot would suggest that you were like being mean about it rather than just, you know, using terms we grew up with. Right. Well, I'm pretty sure it wasn't being totally nice. Well, okay. So here's, here's, here's my thing about the absurdity of all of this is, and, and granted, this is coming from somebody who cares about the environment, right? If you're going to restrict it to the homeowner, but you're still going to export it overseas to Russia, Germany, and other places like that, because we are a huge provider of natural gas, then isn't that just shifting the problem rather than addressing the problem? And I think the stark reality in this country is going to come down to the fact that if you only certain people will be able to use oil and natural gas, and those will be the people that generate electricity. All of us are going to be told you can have electricity and that's it. That's I don't like it, but that's where it's going. Man. You know what I think? Is, I think it's a real simple equation here. OK, when you take a look at every industry out there, we're about centralized down to three, right? Mm-hmm. You got, you know, you got three trucking companies, three mobile home companies, three soft drink companies. Really, that control 90% of the market, right? Probably. Lots of subsidiary. Yeah, I mean, well, it's, it's really what's yeah. happened, you know? I right. mean, Pepsi, Coke, and Wine, yep. Shineheart, Wigs. Snapple, whoever, you know? Yeah. NBC, CBS, ABC, right? right. You know, you kind of, that's the way it goes. Because, well, it, NBC, no, I'm sorry, Viacom is two of the stations. Yeah. So that's what I mean. Really, you only have three choices at yeah. the end of the day. You got Oceana. Right. What's, uh, what's your, the, uh, Eurasia. Eurasia and, uh, oh gosh, I can't remember <laughs> what the last one was. Or- Orwell's Place. Mm-hmm. Was, was that 1984? Were the that three, was 1984, the yeah. Three, yeah uh, they were always at war with one of them. Yeah, that, and, that, and that's kind of the same thing where you've got Democrats and Republicans and that's why I say, no, there's actually a third party, and that's the ones controlling. That's Oz. That's, mm-hmm. the, that's the people controlling it behind, behind the, the scenes, curtain. right? Yeah. The thing about this stuff, though, man, is that it's, it's, it's going right across political lines, right? So you're going to have blue states that adopt it, red states that don't. And again, that gets back to the problem of, is it really helping? What I see is more effective, if you want to make a difference, is start making it so that the appliances we put in our houses are more efficient. But where I was going with, with my little... Diet, my, my verbal diarrhea, we'll call it, <laughs> is bomb. that it, it seems like the goalpost movers are consolidated too. Yeah. Because what's happening is that you used to have goalpost movers in all kinds of different industries, right? I mean, we have them all the time in politics. You, you know, you, you get to where they say to go and then they move the goalpost on you. Yeah. That's common, right? Well, it's almost like these people are now in charge of a bunch of different goalposts. Yeah. And they're so busy with their lives. They're just, it's like they're playing a video game with their lives. It is. I wish I could I mean, believe I was, there was that much thought going into it. I think they're just just randomly throwing stuff out to see what happens and see if it sticks because they're desperate to figure something out. Do you think that you can that we can get a congratulatory stimulus for making it through Without going bankrupt, without getting any stimulus, I'm serious yeah. because I, I I'm starting to see all kinds of people who I know got millions of dollars in stimulus money. Okay, and they were mostly that, business owners, that, right? That they would have went out of business, right? Yeah. Well, when I see that they're having their first annual fun run, well, first of all, you don't have a first annual. <laughs> you have the first. You have the first, and if it works, or just out, call it fun run. You have the second. Annual. Right. You don't have a first annual. That is getting ahead of yourself a little bit. That is the that 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 is someone who's entitled. 
That is entitlement language. Yeah. Because they're automatically on the second one. Yeah. First one's done. Yeah, the first one in their mind is done. So when I see that, when, when, I, when I see these, these, these young millennial bro entrepreneurs, Damn kids. Who get millions of dollars three, four times. Yeah. And they're acting like they're, I mean, I, I want to know if we're going to get a bonus check Shit. for being entrepreneurs and surviving. Because yeah. if they're getting bonus checks for not making it, mm-hmm. what are, how about the companies who have made it? Huh. Your reward is you're still here. I guess. That's it. And please pay your taxes. Boy, I guess I have a little... What's this in my coffee? Is this bittersweet milk? A <laughs> little bit of a chip on that shoulder, Am I man. crying over this bittersweet, bittersweet milk? Bittersweet milk. Well, yeah, shoot this chip off my shoulder. To, well, I, sometimes, I'll be honest, I get like this when I have to go try drive 4,000 miles. Ugh, yeah, man, I hear you. I on, hear you. Only to get ghosted a couple times yeah. by somebody who I now know I paid their salary. Ugh. Oh, this is going to be a whole new trip for me. Well, that's All interesting. Right, It'll be like a next? revenge trip, man. No, 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 no. No, I'm no, not, no, no. We're going to, okay. no, no. It's not like kill, a Clint Eastwood movie. Kill him with kindness, man. No, that's At the true. end of the day, we're going to kill him with kindness. This is just me venting a little bit here. Well, my mom said you could always get more flies with honey, but I'm like, why do you want flies? That's what I've always wondered, too. <laughs> what are you going to do with a bunch of flies, man? All right. So coming from the uh, you green. You have shoe fly pie? Molasses. Mm-hmm. No. no, what is shoe fly pie? Shoe fly. Shoe fly away. Shoe fly pie. So is it just molasses? Oh, yeah. Molasses, brown sugar. Mm-hmm. Is it on top Woo-hoo. of a pancake? That's a southern pie. Mm. No, I like my grits. Okay. This is from Politico. Oh, this is going to be a very... Biden freezes oil leases in Alaska refuge pending new environmental review. Even the second word in the headline is just... Mm. Freezes. Oh, it's aggressive, isn't it? So the Biden administration is moving to suspend all oil and gas leases in Alaska's Arctic National Wildlife Refuge. Man, they must be going crazy up there. You got one administration six months ago saying, sky's the limit, blow it up. And now they come in and say, nope, you can't. So the suspension of the leases follows President Joe Biden's January 20th executive order that identified alleged legal deficiencies in the original leasing program. Do you know the one thing about Alaska and Canada right now? They're very pretty. That actually could be a legitimate threat is the permafrost thawing out. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, in all yeah. seriousness. Yeah, and in Russia, too. Like, like yeah. the, the, the rate of the permafrost thawing out could be the end of the planet. Well, it's releasing it. It's a gas. It releases a lot of methane. Right. Into the and air. how do you think the dinosaurs died? <laughs> okay. So when, when a... Clearly aliens, duh, Terminators. What, what do you think I was talking about? By the way, I did buy... I am not a conspiracy.com. <laughs> I did buy... I think we just found our first story, man. <laughs> it, was, it was available because, you know, we're, we're doing the real oil-filled women, yeah, you know, yeah. which we never even talked about yet. The real oil-filled women of the South, the yeah. real oil-filled women of the Bakken. And those were available? The too? real oil-filled women of the Rocky Mountains. No, the real oil-filledwomen.com was, okay. so I bought that, right? Nice. So now you can do boom, boom, well, boom. Well, they're going to... Yeah, Jenica's going to lead this charge. Okay. So she's going to do a weekly uh, rap session. Yeah, I was going to say, unless you clone yourself, man, you so really need to... All I'm going to do is support it, it, set it up, and let the girls take yeah. care of it, and that... Let them talk about whatever they want to talk about 
and I think it would be the last thing we'd want to do is for the, a man to be running. That's what I mean. That's what I told him. I said, I don't want to be anywhere near it. I just want to watch it. No, that's it. I, yeah. I just want to hear it and watch it at the end. I just all. want to see it take off and be successful. Bro. So uh, anyways, but uh, I am not a conspiracy.com. Yes, we now own that. Uh, I do believe we should do something with that because that could be probably more successful than this show very easily. Oh, yeah. Every, every day, go to IamNotAConspiracy.com. Yeah. And, and then, I, I, by the way, here's the website in my mind, okay? It's Type all in. black. No, right. <laughs> right. I, I am not a conspiracy.com and it's all black, and then it kind of comes up. Or you have to I, highlight or, stuff on the page. This is exactly what I want you to believe. <laughs> right? We got it. We got to just right away question them out of the... I am not a conspiracy.com is exactly what I want you to believe. Well, you know what they taught me in business school was to recognize your market and address it. And there's plenty of people shopping for crazy right now. <laughs> exactly. So... <laughs> Oh, so this yeah. uh, the, this refuge story, right? this refuge is a 1.6 million acre stretch of tundra on Alaska's north slope, and it was oh this is back where Biden's trying to yeah okay. this was opened up in 2017 as part of the Tax Cuts and Jobs <laughs> Act. Um, the tax cuts what the tax the 2017 Tax Cut and Jobs Act the Trump administration pushed through. Yeah, that was the name of it. That was the name of that it. That just sounds like a Trump act, doesn't it? The Tax Cut and Jobs Act. I don't know. It's been like uh, freedom money. <laughs> sounds or like the most generic act you could possibly have. Well, untitled I mean, I, story. I just got done reading Regrow, right? right? And each one is an acronym for you know each each one, right? God, we love our acronyms. Whereas when you walk in to a store and you read like wheat crackers that's right. what this is like it's, yes. it's the generic it's, it's the, black and white it's label the hydrox version of news man <laughs> flavored drink there's like no imagination whatsoever you know what we need we need a tax cut bill and a jobs act what's interesting great is, names sir yeah just let's go with that you know what's so i'm reading this right check it out they actually had people when this was opened oh, up they had i think i'm getting people tried to lease and it flopped they only had three bids and none of them were major oil and gas operators it's too hard in alaska alaska okay so here's alaska in a nutshell there's two operators you got bp and shell yeah. that's it because every single move that somebody's trying to do has to go through the legislative process yeah because they have control over it's it. a meat grinder that is is worse than a meat grinder yeah. you put a meat grinder through a meat grinder right do they still give out the subsidy check every year yeah they do nice. yeah because the the minerals are owned by the people yeah so it's it's a whole constitutional thing which is great i, I love how they do it but the end result is you end up with two people because the government's in the consolidation yeah, business. Yeah, yeah they and it's, are. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. easier for them to deal with two operators than in North Dakota where there's 800 or Texas where there's 8,000. It's know? interesting. You just made me think that government is the one entity that wants to grow and reduce everything else. Oh, when I got into it with the state, I told them flat out. I, I, I went through the different recessions. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'll, I'll do it right now. Yeah, there's been three or four in our lifetime. Why not? Yeah. I pissed off everyone else yeah. today. <laughs> and well, in 2001, mm -hmm. after 9-11, there was a big recession, right? So we got hit pretty hard. Well, what ended up happening is a lot of city governments got into the marketing business. And mm -hmm. so around Fargo, they started wrapping buses. Yeah. So they started wrapping buses with, you know, logos and decals and mm -hmm. stuff. Well, if you're not, you know, one of the top media people, 
you know, if you're not one of the three major media conglomerates or two, mm-hmm. in some cases, like we have in Fargo, because yeah. our newspaper happens to own our television radio station, too. Yeah. One of three media ownerships in the country that allowed that, right? That's how unique Fargo is. So when you have that, we're in the third world of the media. That's what we call. (laughs) Well, really, because what happens is that those two or three mediums, Mm -hmm. uh, media companies, absorb 90 to 95% of the market share, okay? They get the budget. And we all got to go for the scraps. Right. So, you know, you got the High Plains Reader, you know, the alternative Mm -hmm. piercings and tattoos publication. They got to get get their scraps. You got the business paper that I'm running, got to get my scraps. And the the whole magazine magazine industry you're in the third world of you know that whole thing the moms one and the business yeah. one you know they're, they're all they're all fighting for that 10 percent share right yeah it's a lot well, of bottom feeding well so then the city of fargo got in the bus wrapping business because some middle manager working for the government decided he got bored at work and wants to play business okay so boom all of a sudden now i lose two banks mm-hmm. two banks who now i'm supposed to apparently get help from i lost Major contracts, $50,000 worth of, that's big money, right? Because they went over to the bus wrap? They they went to the bus wrap. No, because they had to. They had to. You got to help out the government, right? Well, then in 2007 and through nine in that recession, Mm -hmm. the the park district, they started using school kids to go out and sell. Really? So now I got to compete with school kids. Yeah. Okay? Which doesn't look good. Holy crap. Yeah. Well, then during the 2015 recession, well, uh, we had uh, North Dakota State, our colleges started mm-hmm. these whole pu- public-private partnerships started happening yep. more and more, right? Yeah, a lot of that. Well, now. to the tune to where, this is no shit, okay? <laughs> this is no kidding, okay? okay? Easton Stick, who is now a backup quarterback for the Los Angeles Chargers. It's a hell of a name. He was out doing advertising sales for the local radio station through a college internship program for the North Dakota State Bison. What the what? Exactly. What are, it's like Indians are you going to buy used, advertising man? from that schlep or the future NFL quarterback? Oh, well, I mean, How are you going to compete with that crap? But beyond that, the, what's going on in the background there? It's like using prisoners for labor. This man. is unbelievable. Jeez. It's ruthless, man. It's unbelievable. I had so, no idea. I wonder how prevalent that is in other schools. You oh, know, it's all over the place. Where, where they Absolutely. use basically their labor. Man. Oh, it's just, it, you can't even make it up. Yeah. And so anyway, that's... Have you got something fun for us on the news? Because I'm just full of indignation Well, no, now, th- th- that's it. So, and then, like I said, when I got into it with the, with the state, I just flat out said, I go, dude, you are my biggest competition. Mm-hmm. I go, I'm not concerned about the other media outlets. How no, I, compete with I actually the work with them really well. We yeah. work together on projects. I go, the state... You're in more businesses than I can even shake a stick at, man. Yeah, you can't even compete on that kind of connectivity no. and that networking. Oh, it's just, it's unbelievable. And then, it's like, well, it's like Dustin Goverlow, the North Dakota Watchdog Network says, you can't outspend the government. No. They'll outspend you all day long, well, you know? because they never have to pay their debt. No. Not really. No. You and know? so when you got the same people in there making the same decisions, mm-hmm. getting paid and getting raises, well... There must be some sort of like crazy that just takes over when you become part of that governmental system. Maybe they lobotomize you as you get your hall pass. I don't know. No, it's that old cliche. What does it say? Absolute power absolutely corrupts. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Corrupts absolutely. We got one more. 
Which one is it? Is that one Hopefully from uh, something fun, man? Yeah, I'm feeling all pull it up. Pull it up from that. Uh, hold on, hold on. Yeah, let's grab that here. All right. So from Yahoo Entertainment, our favorite Big Brother company, Amazon has an awesome new robot that kills weeds in your garden, never needs to be charged, and may or may not eat your cat. Actually, that was my. Little is it turbocharged too? Boy, this thing sounds like uh, infomercial, right? Yeah, right into an article. I yeah, love it. It's the only product you will it. ever need. It removes lipstick from your collar. It's the Sham Wow. <laughs> it gives you an erection. It wins the election. Comes with this Jello mold shaped like Kansas. <laughs> so no one likes weeding the yard or garden, but it's a particularly big pain in the butt when you don't have the right tool for the job. Thankfully, I found the ultimate weeding tool a few years back. It's called the Cobra Head Original Weeder and Cultivator hand tool i do have a question by the way because uh you know yahoo cobra head i love the name so i am a yahoo fantasy football person right and i'm also a fantasy basketball and fantasy baseball which i casually do football i still kind of pay attention to uh because of that yahoo is one of my one of my pages i go to right and I, i do like going to the home page because i get a smorgasbord or a yeah, smattering a buffet of different stories yeah and it's nice to see you know just some headline reading if you will and i have wondered this does amazon pay for these stories i would because, be surprised because yahoo does a lot of product uh product writing like this to where they'll they'll it, it's consumer reports used to do it and it was trusted mm-hmm. Whatever this crap is that Yahoo and everyone else does, they, they generally it's it's they get paid. Isn't that what Yahoo sort of developed into? Is sort of just a, a sort of a tech and industry news service. Yeah, I think that's that's what they. So have. they're just basically regurgitating Reuters and AP and stuff like. And that. And I'm not trying to take away from this. No, because this one's but, written from well, no, they a do personal a, perspective. They do a good job of the yeah. writing, but if you're paying for it. The end result is predetermined, is what I'm saying. It's okay. a positive piece out of the gate. So they're, they're not going to say something like, oh, this is a piece of crap. Consumer Reports would do that, okay? So you see what I mean? Consumer Reports, they got money from the subscribers, mm-hmm. so they didn't have to rely on the advertiser. Yahoo, I think, gets paid by Amazon, a lot like how newspapers get paid by a handful of you know yeah companies. if it's not a direct it's through advertising right you know it's it's that understood so what I'm getting at though is this is kind of a new accepted article okay this form of article is not is now accepted by society this total you know advertorial it's an advertorial it's an adver- at the end yeah, of the day it's an infomercial basically but what i'm getting at is this is a really cool product it is it was apparently invented by the same guy that created the roomba robot vacuum i figured as much and this is called uh, the uh, turtle garden weeding robot not turtle like the animal but t e r t i l l here's why this makes total sense maybe it's supposed to mean turtle is because if it charges during the day and takes weeds out at night, then it works really well. It's so uh, what it does, you set it up in your garden or flower bed. It needs physical borders to keep it confined to whatever space you're working sure. in. And then it sure. roams the air constantly and chops down any weeds. How can it tell the difference? It cuts any growth it sees that's less than one inch tall. It doesn't pull yep. up the roots. Instead, it just keeps chopping the weeds as they regrow until eventually they don't have any more stored energy, so they die off. So actually, I would say that is an awful thing. I would never put that in my garden. Never. You'd have to... Yeah, never. I'd never. I'd put it into my yard, maybe. No, no. Because what you're doing is when you cut that 
that weed, you're not killing it. Mm. You're actually making it stronger. So its roots are going to take more nutrients out of the soil to try to compensate for getting its head cut off. Yeah, it's like a war of attrition. It just keeps chopping it. It's like the hydra head grows back. It chops it off. So this is actually ungreen. There's nothing green about this. It's solar powered. That's not green. It's constantly recharging on its own. This is is one of the new Orwellian green things, kind of like how the governor likes to put a green space in downtown Fargo made out of concrete. Concrete, Yeah. yeah. This is what this is. I would not put this in my garden. No, I would not put this in my garden. This is uh, Hubcaps. Did nobody ever see Tom Selleck and Gene Simmons' classic Runaway science fiction movie? I did not see that. Okay, well, this is where this type of stuff happens, man. I've seen the cover. This is where this kind of stuff starts. No, I would for three. I'll stick with Gene Simmons' <laughs> wife, thank you. Shannon Tweed and her movies. Oh, well, absolutely. <laughs> anyway, what were you saying? Three hundred and fifty dollars. Well, if you put you know an iPod on there, you can have DJ, DJ Cobra Head, Cobra Head, and Weeder. <laughs> I agree with you. I was always taught that you basically, you know, if you don't get the root out, you're just cutting it down and cutting it down and cutting it down. Right, and the idea behind a weed is you don't want a weed taking away your nutrients from your plants. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the ugliness of a weed. Now around it has, here, it seems to be, man. People are weird with their lawns. Have you I know that? they are. They it's are the keeping weird. up with the Joneses thing. It's, you that, know? it's that IBM mentality. Dinner's what? at 5.30. You wash your car on Saturday, <laughs> church on Sunday. They're hardcore, man. This landscape Women company cold-called me. They were next door spraying my neighbor's yard, and they, they saw I had a bunch of dandelions. Guy moseyed over. He's like, hey, we can take care of that for you. I'm like, no, I'm just fine, man. We like it natural here. It's like 70s porn. My neighbors are taking the dandelions out and putting them in their salad. Oh, yeah. I mean, the guy, the people from Africa? Yeah, have you ever had dandelion tea? I, I, It's pretty good. I eat dandelions yeah. good, out in the country. But do not eat a dandelion in the city. Dandelions do one of the best absorbing of the nutrients in the soil, including pesticides. Yeah, pesticides and and bacteria. That's why they say never in a city. Oh, in the country, that's why they're so healthy. Yeah. Because they have so many of those those minerals and and all that junk in there and everything. They really are a a remarkable little plant and weed. So this is kind of a cool thing, but it's just another, uh, I don't know, man. This is like something you get at Bed Bath & Beyond. Where you do not need one thing in the store, but they just got all kinds of crap you might need. <laughs> if you feel a little dizzy, you're talking kind of silly like you have plans to save the world. Just remember your tax will only last if you don't take off your mask. When the outside's chilly and the inside is warm, you've been wishing you'd never been born. Music heard on the Crude Life Morning Show, Play Hard, Work Hard, is by the Moody River Band. The Crude Life, the most trusted voice in energy. On the phone, talking with us today, Chairman Christy Craddock of the Texas Railroad Commission. We are the oil and gas regulator, but we do pipelines and pipeline safety inspections for the state of Texas. We have roughly 470,000 miles of interstate and intrastate pipelines in Texas, and roughly another 500,000 miles of gas utilities. We have a lot of pipe in Texas. We're the largest pipe state by a sixth. 
it's an important part of what goes on in this state and safety is is really important obviously to all of us absolutely you know the oil and gas industry has always been environmentally focused i mean uh the president biden's administration that this is obama biden 2.0 plus and the rate at which we've seen the executive orders flying off the president's desk is taking America back, taking jobs back, and putting us in a detrimental position. But as the attorneys general for a number of states, we are pushing back. Um, from the Department of Transportation, that Permian, the Permian Basin has some of the um, most deadly roads of anywhere in the country. We average a fatality per day. That is absolutely unacceptable, and we need to do better. Uh, we just want to thank everybody that has been so supportive of us, and especially you, Jason. Without without your help, I don't think our event would be as successful as it is. Welcome back to the Crude Line. Play hard, work hard. I am Sean Forbes with TeamForbes.com and OGDirectory.com. Jason Spies is my co-host today. I went out there on my first rig move, and I was like, wow, I'm permitting all these loads, getting trucks going, load go, and I don't even know what half the stuff was. So when I finally got to go on the rig, I was like, wow, I was amazed. I was truly amazed of how this process is. No, I wasn't expecting any olive branch at all. Uh, the Democrat Party has decided that they don't like oil and natural gas, and uh, they were clear that they're going to go after us. I, I don't think that's any surprise. My name is Jenica, and today we get to talk with Amy Andrzak of the Interstate Natural Gas Association of Americas. Amy is the president and CEO. How are you doing today? I would say my my interest in this arena started more from an interest in politics and advocacy, more so than an interest specifically in the energy industry. Well, the first the, the first advice that I that I want to give is, ladies, put your clothes on, okay? If you want to be taken seriously, put your clothes on, which that's a whole other podcast topic. It's a funny thing when I think sometimes it's just really ironic. I'll, I we used to pull into the office and I would see some of my colleagues driving electric cars and things like that. And I'm like, how do you work for a large oil and gas company? We <laughs> pull in an electric car. So, I mean, even us, I mean, even in our, in our circles, we can see that things are changing. Actually, you are on the money. Back in 2014 and 15, when we first started approaching our management team at our reasoning for wanting to engage in ESG is that we had great stories to tell. We all like living the crude life, so. <laughs> Play hard, work hard. Now let's work hard. Michael Maltsev, Rigger. Thank you very much for joining the program here today. Of course, I love the name Rig ER. Now, ER is capitalized, but it's pronounced rigor. And when I first saw it, I thought rig ER, but of course I got corrected. So let's just start off a little bit with the name, kind of the origin and just kind of how you, you, you went about and came up with that and, you know, ended up capitalizing the word ER in there, if you wouldn't mind. Absolutely. And uh, we have a history about that. And it's very simple uh, because uh, when we think how to name the product um, and uh, the product design, initially for rig equipment rentals. So rig, ER, equipment rentals, means uh, rigger. Uh, it's very, very, very simple. So yeah, and some some people are called rig ER, uh, but um, we prefer rigger. Well, let's talk about what some of the specialty services that you guys do. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we providing a software solution uh, um, for oilfield rentals and service companies, uh, starting from uh, service call of uh, uh, initial calls uh, from the client, uh, generating quotes, scheduling um, all the field works, uh, and then finalizing with invoicing. So the entire operations of uh, oilfield. Talk to me a little bit about the, you mentioned the software side of things, of course, that got, that usually has people worried. There's generally, it used to be this way, it's getting better, and a lot more people are integrating software in, but sometimes it's a little frightening at times, new technology. So talk about the evolution of uh, how technology has been integrating into the marketplace. Absolutely. Um, so Rigor right now uh, considered as a, uh, oil field operations management software, which includes uh, SaaS uh, uh, cloud-based uh, uh, solution, uh, uh, which usually uh, use as a uh, platform for office workers and mobile applications, which usually uh, use as the um, field workers. And uh, talking about the entire approach uh, which we see uh, for digitalization, digital transformation of the oil field, we can see um, five different steps uh, or five different stages of uh, that uh, digital transformation. Uh, one is at zero when you have uh, all your tickets, uh, all your equipment, all your jobs uh, in a whiteboard uh, or paper tickets. Oh, no digitalization, digitalization nothing. Uh, and uh, thanks God, uh, the <laughs> nobody nobody use this right now. Most of the clients uh, which we see, they already have some sort of digitalization and uh, some sort of uh, digital solutions. And uh, the second, uh, sorry, the thir- the second level or first uh, stage uh, uh, of digitalization would be uh, very simple applications, desktop applications, which. Uh, uh, become popular uh, five, uh, ten years ago uh, when uh, people start implementing uh, accounting solutions and uh, trying to apply uh, this uh, for invoicing and uh, uh, use Excel spreadsheets for uh, tracking all the jobs and uh, resources, um, manpower and uh, equipment. Um, right now we see that uh, still many of the companies uh, stay at that level when you have uh, QuickBooks and Excel spreadsheets, thousands of different Excel spreadsheets running with uh, for different different purposes, and, uh, in some cases uh, multi multi users. And Excel is not right uh, for, for multi user purposes, so it's it's not the right solution for that. Next step, uh, it's uh, moving everything to cloud and uh, start using uh, rig- uh, start start using software in the uh, cloud so you can you can do it anywhere any anytime and uh, uh, this has uh, become more and more actual uh, especially last year uh, when people uh, start moving even quickbooks to the, uh, and replace the QBO uh, quickbooks online uh, because uh, you know the office space was not accessible or limited or something something like that and uh, fourth level uh, when uh, we going up and uh, adding uh, a telemetry system, uh, business analytics, uh, and uh, connect uh, uh, different and integrate different software solutions and build their one uh, source of truth and uh, understanding how those different pieces of the software works together. And uh, fifth level uh, will be digital twins, big data, 
all those buzzwords which we usually see as a digital transformation. But to get to that level five, you need to go level one, two, three, four, and then you will you will be at the level five. Couple questions for you, and you can certainly go whatever direction you want. The two I wrote down was uh, big data and centralizing my software because what I'm doing right now actually is kind of doing what you're talking about. I use a lot of design software and editing software, and so I'm going through all the different kinds because it just seems like every year there's new ones that come out. And I had to go through initially what's known as the big data customization, which is I had to know when to stop. So a lot of times what happened early on with a lot of these oil companies is they knew they had to get in the digital world. Well, then they didn't know where to stop because you can go as far as you want to go with, with the data, and that can get really expensive really quick. And the idea is to save money. So let's talk about that a little bit because really what's going on here is you know centralizing some of the software. You mentioned some of the Excel spreadsheets, and that's what got me thinking to where, man, I'm just – really kind of trying to eliminate as many things as possible into one simplified solution. And I'd imagine that's kind of coming back around in oil and gas right now. So talk to me about that that balancing of the big data and then also, you know, just kind of turning into the next generation of software. Absolutely. You touch a very, very sensitive point right now because uh, it's a, it's a, I would say the art, uh, how to balance uh, savings and uh, investment to the to the digitalization, because um, not all the digitalization goes to savings. Uh, and uh, again, some, sometimes you see the not the direct savings, but uh, long term savings. Uh, uh, talking about streamlining the processes, uh, getting the uh, data faster. But talking about Big data, it's a very tricky thing because uh, for me, uh, and when we started uh, 10 years ago working with uh, Rigger, and I was a CFO of the uh, rental company, we providing a telecom uh, last mile solution uh, for oil and gas. Um, and uh, uh, we, we start, start uh, talking about big data and uh, I asked guys, uh, to start uh, talking about big data, you need to understand that uh, the big data operates with millions of uh, different records. Do you have really uh, those that, that kind of many records in, in your database? Maybe to uh, use a big data, you need to have like hundreds of companies uh, are running on the same system. And th- in this case, you can um, have uh, this... Um, uh, ability to to analyze this big data. However, here uh, we will have another problem uh, to whom this data belong. Because uh, if uh, the uh, company owns a portion of the data, uh, it's uh, not legal to uh, use it uh, even even for a technical analysis. So it's it's a different different question. So in, in some cases, uh, my point that in some cases it's not enough uh, data to qualify it as a big data, that's 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 what we see. But uh, talking about the starting point and uh, understanding where the digitalization can save you money, and uh, we're talking about oil for service and rental companies. I would say that a number one thing would be uh, just check the processes and see how you can run your operations faster. 
because this will identify who will win uh, in the next uh, five to seven years. Because looks like with the industry will have very different time uh, ahead. It, it, it will be for sure that um, pressure which we see right now it will growing and um, the number of work uh, will maybe maybe it will be shrinking maybe maybe it will be not but definitely uh, the consolidation of the uh, companies uh, and uh, in the, in the industry this is what we will see in the next five to seven years so kind of a different question but you know the oil and gas industry is pretty diverse upstream downstream midstream salmon streams trout stream so all kinds of different streams involved so i like to ask companies you know who is your customer and talk to them right now and tell them why they should be doing business with you <laughs> um for sure yeah uh, so we mostly work out with the uh downstream and midstream companies uh service providers to to those uh and uh, the reason why they need to uh, work with us again depending on the business goals if they'd like to grow if they'd like to stay in the business next five to seven years uh, you must to go away from uh, paper tickets you need to uh, um, put as many as 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 much as possible to to the to the one system and synchronize and integrate everything uh, to see the the results faster uh, avoid any uh, double entries, uh, avoid any um, delays in, in the processes. So this is what we actually do. So we sit down and analyze uh, processes of each client, and I can tell you, uh, same industry, same equipment, same size of organization have different processes because the way how you run business is your competitive advantage or disadvantage. And this is this is uh, how the, the the way how you do business uh, will identify uh, where you will be uh, next uh, two to three years. So that is why um, we uh, help uh, clients to optimize their operations. How can people get in touch with you? And what is some final thoughts that people should remember? Um, if you have uh, to digitalize your oilfield service and uh, rentals, call Rigger. <laughs> that's that's probably the, the main the main thing. That's so, pretty yeah, easy right there, isn't it? Huh? Yeah, yeah, and it's it's easy. So uh, again, rig, er dot us, uh, and you can find all the answers uh, to your questions. Digitalization oh. questions there www that's triple w r i g e r dot u s yes exclusive interview industry news environmental innovation at the crude
music heard on the Crude Life Morning Show, Play Hard, Work Hard, is by the Moody River Band. Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com. The Crude Life, Play Hard, Work Hard, is sponsored in part by Great American Mining monetizes wasted, stranded, and undervalued gas throughout the oil and gas industry by using it as a power generation source for Bitcoin mining. Great American Mining Company brings the market and their expertise to the molecule. Their solutions make producers more efficient and profitable while helping reduce flaring and venting throughout the oil and gas value chain. And if you're a mineral owner, check out how much Bitcoin you could be making right now with your valued gas. Go to GAM.ai. That's Great American Mining, GAM.ai. The Crude Life with host Jason Spees. My name is Jason Spees, and this is the Crude Life Daily Update. On today's episode, we talk with Lynn Helms, the director for the North Dakota Mineral Resources. And today's interview is conducted by Crude Life content correspondent Jenica Hauser. That's a big enough job in itself. That's going to bring enormous natural gas production and one of the things that our state is all in on is putting the policies in place and getting the investment here to add value to that, to, to break out all the products and store them, provide propane to North Dakota and South Dakota farmers to dry their grain, uh, provide ethane to a plastics industry uh, to make plastic uh, and use some of that to make electrons uh, to do things like charge your iPhone <laughs> across the country and export it as electrons. So that's that's number two. And then the third challenge is that we're only recovering about 10 to 15 percent of the oil that's in the bucket. So even with everything we've done, we're leaving 85 to 90 percent of the oil in the ground. That, out of every 10 barrels, eight and a half to nine is staying down there. And so we're going to invest in research and field trials and figure out how to do what they call enhanced soil recovery, which we think can double the amount of oil that we recover from the rock. And that'd be over the next 10 years. Hopefully there's more to come behind that. To listen to the full-length interview with Lynn Helms, Director for the North Dakota Mineral Resources, or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. The Crude Life promotes a culture of inclusion and respect through interviews, content creation, live events, partnerships that educate, enrich, and empower people to create a positive social environment for all, regardless of age, race, religion, sexual orientation, physical, or intellectual ability. Everyday energy for everyday people. For more, visit thecrudelife.com. From the staff here at the Crude Life Daily Update, my name is Jason Spees, asking you to always remember, energy is more than an industry, it's a way of life. The Crude Life is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in western North Dakota, home of the Bakken. Our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker. Trust First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. 
Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out the industrial forest. Forest.com. That's the industrialforest.com. We're going to do a good old fashioned Bakken barbecue. Halliburton has been cooking for two days. Uh, they've cooked 2,500 pounds of pork, 800 pounds of sausage, uh, 500 pounds of chicken. So. Uh, Everyone's favorite are the fish tacos, but they've got burgers, steaks, salads, I mean, pretty much everything. And the first experience was, oh, where are all the rigs? Because you have so much country here. In a car, they're in a tent, they're in some other building that's not meant for human habitation. We've actually found people living in haystacks, in uh, grain bins. We found one guy that basically gets shelter in a culvert each night. This was one of those stories where one reporter can't cover. There's too much happening at one time in too many places. If you hear it and it ain't stuck in your head all day, it's gotta pop back beat and it's sung the wrong way. If you're not making money in the Bakken, you just truly are not thinking hard enough. Brother, it ain't country, no. Looking for a helping hand? Look at the end of your doggone arm. North Dakotans aren't looking over their shoulder for the government to help them. Some as long as I'm working, my mom and dad are happy. Okay. <laughs> And a shower. Well, that was always the key, especially going to Thunder Bay. And he doesn't like life, I guess. <laughs> Insanity, right? In North Dakota, the Bakken Plague. Exclusive interview industry news, environmental innovation at thecrudelife.com.